Hi, it's Ellen, and today we're going to be covering the impact of indirect taxes and subsidies. So firstly, let's start off with indirect taxes, which essentially are taxes on consumption. The more inelastic demand is, the more of an indirect tax is passed on to consumers. Imposing a tax on a good shifts the market equilibrium. Um, and at this point, there will be a lower quantity of output um, demanded and supplied and at a higher price. So when a tax is imposed, the producer may pass on some of this cost to the consumer in the form of a higher price. The proportion of the tax passed on to the consumer depends on the elasticity of demand. The more inelastic the demand is, the more of a tax is passed on and less is absorbed. So let's consider, for example, how demand for cigarettes is inelastic, and thus producers would pass more of the tax on to consumers, knowing that demand would not decrease too much um, with tax. So if we're just to um, visualise the impact of indirect taxes in a diagram, um, we have one demand curve and we have two supply curves, and indirect tax effectively shifts the supply curve to the left. Um, and as a result, price increases um, to price one. Um, and the burden on the consumer um, is going to be, this is going to be far too confusing to explain. Hi, it's Ellen, and today we're going to be discussing the impact of indirect taxes and subsidies. So first of all, let's cover indirect taxes, um, which are effectively a tax on consumption. When a tax is imposed, the producer may pass on some of its costs to the consumer in the form of a higher price, and they might absorb the rest. The proportion of the tax passed on to the consumer depends on the elasticity of demand. For example, the more inelastic the demand is, the more a tax can be passed on to the consumer and less absorbed by the producer. Take, for example, how demand for cigarettes is inelastic. Thus, producers would pass on more of the tax to consumers because they know that demand would not decrease too much if the price were to increase. Indirect taxes generate revenues for governments, and these revenues can be then spent on capital investment, such as providing hospitals for the NHS, or transfer payments, which include like welfare benefits. If demand is perfectly inelastic, the quantity consumed would not change and tax revenues would increase. However, the burden of a tax would fall completely on consumers. If this was a market made up of mainly poor consumers, then this may not be a good method of intervention from the government. However, we must admit this needs to be a value judgment, which they should make themselves. If demand was perfectly inelastic, then the demand curve would be vertical, 
The quantity demanded would not change, but the price paid would rise. As such, the burden of a tax would fall completely on the consumer. And vice versa, if demand was perfectly elastic, then the burden of the tax would fall completely on the producer. So, if demand is inelastic, consumers bear the whole burden, and if demand is elastic, producers bear the whole burden. So it's clear that the elasticity of demand is central to the efficacy of an indirect tax. Subsidies can correct market failure by encouraging the consumption and production of a good with positive externalities. Governments can pay subsidies to encourage the production and consumption of goods. So examples of this include the employment of apprentices, um, as labour is a factor of production, and this can be subsidised by the government. A food subsidy was implemented in India, for example, to help encourage the production of affordable food. So what's the impact of a subsidy? A subsidy will lead to a shift in rightwards of the supply curve. Thus, the quantity produced will increase and the price paid by consumers will fall. So what consumers pay will lower, um, but a, a supplier is still paid the price they would get if um, their supply had increased. So the gap between P2, which is what the supplier gets, and P1 um, plus subsidy, which is what the consumer pays, um, that is the scope of the subsidy. Um, and it's a rectangle between um, the amount consumed and the difference between what the producer gets and what the consumer pays. So what are the impacts of subsidies on consumer and producer surplus? For subsidies, consumer surplus rises as the price that consumers pay has fallen but output has risen. Producer surplus also rises because the price consumers pay plus subsidy is higher than the pre price at the previous market equilibrium. Producer surplus and consumer plus surplus rise. However, the government must pay the size of the per unit subsidy multiplied by the total output. Um, therefore, governments must pay for subsidies using tax revenues or government borrowing. Um, but we know that disadvantages of subsidies exist as well. For example, firms may become too dependent on subsidies and this might encourage laziness. However, the advantages of subsidies is that they correct market failure by encouraging the consumption and production of a good with positive externalities. Um, furthermore, advantages of subsidies can include improving international competitiveness, um, encouraging a change in preferences and reducing the cost of production. Um, but we clearly established with both of these methods of government intervention, elasticity is really the key to understanding their impact. Thank you very much for listening to this episode about the impact of taxes and subsidies. Next time, we're going to be considering um, patterns of consumer behaviour. If this episode has got you in the mood for more revision, then head over to SenecaLearning.com, where you can revise all of your A-level subjects absolutely free. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Anchor, then you will find a link in the bio. But if not, just type in SenecaLearning.com and you'll find us. While you're at it, if you could rate us five stars and subscribe or follow to all of our revised podcasts, which cover every subject you need, then that will help other people to find our podcasts.